to this is the part i don't get i am bay i'm jay and this is episode 38 <laughs> i actually <Are> remembered <laughs> why well, i, I, like, you, I like specifically the- looked it up just so that i would be able to um say it properly because i was like listening to old episodes and i was like damn I can't remember anything worth it, <laughs> worth the shit on this thing. I can't remember whose turn it is. I don't know what episode number it is. So I, I, I was like, I'm going to remember this week. We, we all can't have Stephen to tell us, you know. I know. We need, we need a, well, because now we do the Zoom. Our sound guy isn't even there for us anymore. He's like downstairs watching the office. Um, yeah, but. Uh, hopefully uh, there um, are no like electricity cutouts or that like the thunder isn't too loud during this thing because the the sky has opened up over here where I am. Yeah, we got a little thunder earlier, but it it looks it seems okay now. I think it's okay. clear here. So it is your turn. Okay, are you ready to go? Yes, I guess we'll just jump right in. Um, so my topic, or I guess more question is, um, and of course I personally can relate to this, is what makes us left-handed or right-handed? Oh, (laughs) that's so funny. I was thinking about that literally like two days ago. I was talking to a lefty and I was like, my best friend's a lefty. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder why. That's so weird. Maybe, maybe your thoughts like traveled into mine because I don't even know. I was thinking, I was like, how did I even come up with this? But it is ears were burning as they would say, or as my mother would say. Yes. But, um, for those of you who don't know, I am left-handed. So, you know, this speaks true to my heart. Um, (laughs) oh, and, uh, funny enough in a few weeks, August 13th, it is international left-handers day. Oh, in fact, 90% of humans are right-handed. Okay. I really thought, I don't know, I feel like I, maybe just because it sticks out, but I feel like I've met like a good amount of left-handers. I thought it would be more, you know, like there's more left-handers than just 10%, but. I thought it was um, even less. I thought it was like 7% of people are left-handed. Oh, well, nope. It is about 10%. So, oh, uh, so my sources were pretty much Wikipedia for the most part. They're, they had a lot on uh, left-handedness and, um, or just handedness in general, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then an article called The Science of People, or no, a website called thescienceofpeople.com and a specific article in there. Um, so researchers believe that our, our, whether we're left-handed or right-handed is actually determined in the womb. Okay. Um, so it's thought that being right-handed might be evolutionary um because you know uh we our brain um 
so, you know, our brain is kind of asymmetrical. So, um, you know, if the right side of our brain is, I'm sorry, the right side of our body is controlled by the left side of the brain and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. So people, you know, that are right-handed, um, are left-brained. Right. And the left, the left yeah. hemisphere of the brain is also in charge of like speech and writing. So it all kind of makes sense. Um, so, and, and therefore left-handed, uh, pe people are more, you know, the left hand is, is, um, controlled by the right hemisphere of the brain. And speaking of speech, I cannot speak today. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the, the right side of the brain is more, um, more like it's more prevalent with like creativity and imagination on the right side of the brain. Um, obviously a lot of other things. So that's why, you know, the first thing people say, like, other than, oh, you're a Southpaw to me is like, oh, you're, you must be creative or something. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, but, they yeah. don't know you very well, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved, when I was a kid, I loved to draw. So I was thought, I was thought, I wonder if that has anything to do with it, but, you know, kind of let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are uh, a dancer. So you yeah, that's true. that's true. That's an art form. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, so they haven't been able to identify. They don't think it's one specific gene involved okay. with, with uh, your, your dominant hand. It's, um, they think it's a, a mixture of genes and then also what they call behavior and training. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but again, like, I, I don't know. I don't know about the like behavior and training part, but I, cause it's like, okay, it's not like anyone trained me to use my left hand, you know? Well, it's weird because like whenever, like, cause I've taught some pretty young kids, like, yeah. like three-year-olds. Yeah. And sometimes they'll need like, um, like a hand over hand, um, assistance to like write and draw and color or paint or whatever and they always tell you to like let them uh to try depending upon their ability to grab the instrument you know what i mean because then that will indicate whether they're left-handed or right-handed and you don't want to try and force them to grab the wrong thing but sometimes they don't and they'll just grab with any hand like oh, any hand okay. like they're like, like with the left hand today the right hand tomorrow and you're like which is it i'm trying to help you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, what I read was that, you know, usually by like pretty early, like toddler kind of years is usually when like, it's pretty obvious which one the dominant hand was, but it sounds like maybe that's not always the case because you're working with, you know, kindergarten and up. Yeah, I mean, it, I, the students that I'm talking about uh, would be developmentally delayed. So I don't oh. know if that has anything to do with it. Cause sometimes also like there are physical impairments where they can't physically hold the, the marker or the crayon. So then that's why I would have to do the hand over hand. Um, with my on grade level students, they, they can grab it um, and, and use the instrument relatively well unless there's some sort of impairment sometimes there's like a fine motor situation going on there um yeah. but i but like my three-year-olds are the ones where i feel like they're not quite always really showing a dominance 
but my kindergartners, I think they've, they've pretty much got it. Okay. Yeah. And I will get into like uh, developmental stuff in a little bit, cause there are some links there. Um, so moods and emotion in, interestingly enough are managed by the right side of the brain. Um, so one study found that lefties may be more prone to depression and negative emotions. Um, since this is the side that is, you know, activated, um, more of the time being left-handed. Um, and they also, there was another study done where, um, so they would have it, only right-handers were in this, but, um, just to show how, like how much one, you know, one side is controlled by the other side of the brain. Um, so right-handers would clench their right fist and and those who clenched their right fist were able to memorize words better um the suggestion the movement of the right hand turns on the left brain and they um compared it to people that uh clenched their left fist and found that you know the people that clenched their right fist had better better memorization whereas there was no really no improvement if we want to remember something we just have to squeeze our right hand uh well, you, you would, not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they so didn't that see- that wouldn't work for you then? Well, they didn't include left-handers in this oh. discrimination. Um, <laughs> no, but that's, well, probably not because since the left side of the brain does speech and you're memorizing words, I don't know. I'll have to try it, I'll let you know. <laughs> Okay. Well, your memory isn't the greatest. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. But maybe is that why, you know, we've always said that I have a pretty good memory. So would that be linked to my right-handedness? Um, no, I think you're just weird. No. <laughs> you're like a clencher. I'm like a fist clencher naturally. You clench your <laughs> I don't know. I've never noticed. Uh, you have a very, a very good memory. Yeah. Um, so for, for lefties, they found that language is processed throughout the brain, not just, you know, where I guess with righties, it's on the left side. Okay. So this is good and bad. It's good. Um, like if you're recovering from a stroke, uh, you'll have like a better recovery process because well, you're not. Cool. Yeah because you're not just limited to the one part of the brain. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it's also likely to, um, you're more likely to have like developmental issues with with having, you know, so many different parts of the the brain, I guess, responsible for, for language. Um, or you're more like prone to having developmental issues. Interesting. I would think that that would be a good contributor to why they say people are more creative is because you're activating more of your mind instead yeah. of limiting it. Well, yeah. But, and when you think about it, like, you know, a lot of autistic kids are, are usually good at like really good at a certain like subject or, or task. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it, you know? Um, so Right, being right-handed has actually been um, the dominant hand since our caveman days, apparently. Um, so interestingly, the way they figured this out was, um, so, it, you know, back in the caveman times, 
um, we would basically process animal hides by holding one side in our hand and the other in our mouth. Um, oh. So they looked, <laughs> so they looked at the uh, fossilized cavemen's teeth to figure out, like what I guess which side they were holding their teeth, so they could figure out which hand was holding. Really? Them. Wow. Yeah. That's very intense. That so specific. Yeah. But watch, like, obviously, because we don't have time machines. <laughs> Wouldn't it be kind of funny if that whole study was incorrect? It very well like, could be. <laughs> all of them were just left-handed, and it's just like, they, re they misread whatever they were looking at. Yeah, Goodness. that's true. What if it, you know, or maybe they just happened to use their opposite hands for that. Yeah. Task. I like gripping with the right side of my mouth. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, so in terms of genetics, it was actually, because I'd always heard, oh, if you're left-handed, like you're more likely to have someone in your family. Yeah, I heard and, that too. Yeah, which it's like, it's not actually clear. Um, okay. So if both parents are left-handed, you do have a, a 26 chance percent that the kid will be left. okay so they said that um heritability is 24 percent meaning 24 percent likelihood that you would get it from genetics and then you know everything else is from you know environmental or, or other reasons okay yeah so it's not as like i guess it's not of a high you know, rate as I, as yeah. I kind of and your fiance is right-handed, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, if you I have kids, they, they're not like that much more likely to be left-handed. Right. And I, the only person in my family that is left-handed, I think is my aunt, but I think she, I, I think when she was in school, they like forced you to, you know, yeah. Um, even know. Or whatever. Smack yeah. Her. Yeah. That you used to get beaten for it. So that is uh, so strange to me. I know. <laughs> Did you research any of that? Uh, not too much. I didn't find a whole lot about that, but um, that would be another, you know, if I ever do a part two, because there's a lot of interesting How stuff. How dare you be different? I'm going to smack it right out of your hand. <laughs> well, that does make me wonder. They really should study those people because to see, okay, did that activate did they then start using their left side of their brain once they had to become right-handed? Oh, yeah. But it would probably be too hard to tell because, like, you would have to have an MRI before and after. Yeah, that's true. And, like, what's the deal with people who are ambidextrous? So that's actually only, like, one, less than 1%. So that's very, very rare. But, I, I, yeah, I didn't really look into that. I would but. assume you would have to train yourself to be ambidextrous. I, yeah, I don't like know. People who like eat with their feet and stuff. Like they didn't just, you know, do that out of nothing. Like they, something, you know, they had to work at it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's true. Well, what's what's that um, comedian's name that that uses two hands? The guy that He's draws. Black? No. Oh god. The guy that draws. Yeah. Martin? Yes. But like when you see him do it, it's so interesting because it looks so natural. Like I, it doesn't make, I mean, I feel like you'd really have to train yourself to. Well, I mean, he is it. a performer, so who knows how many hours he put into that. 
Yeah. Um, so I thought one of the most interesting things that I found was that the some of the research um, has found that the your position the baby's position bef before it's born, like in the final trimester, could affect um, you know which hand is dominant. Um, okay, maybe it makes it like stronger or whatever. Yeah, because I guess the because it's like you know you don't have much of a very strong like skull or anything, so it's like whatever's being pressed on kind of can affect you know, I guess what gets activated, I don't even know. They were using some, some, uh, some tricky words in there that I was like, <laughs> so I'm not going to put anything in. Um, but yeah, so maybe I was just, uh, maybe I was sleeping on the, the other side of my head before I came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they found that left-handers are basically overrepresented in music and math. Um, meaning, you know, there's, there's more than average amount of left-handers, like in, um, that, you know, are, that play instruments, and yeah, they also, Jimmy Hendrix was a left-handed person, yeah, and, um, but on the flip side, they're also more likely to have, um, intellectual disabilities, yeah, um, and now it gets really depressing, um, <laughs> great, I was like, so in terms of health, Left-handers are more likely to have a physical and mental problems such as low birth weight, autism, depression, bipolar, anxiety, schizophrenia, alcoholism, <laughs> Please. cerebral palsy, Parkinson's in women, MS in women, breast cancer in women, heart disease, and bone fractures. <laughs> Yay! Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Just because you're left-handed, you're more likely. Yeah, and it's like, you know, these are all, like, various studies that have been done, and it's not, like, saying, like, this definitely causes yeah, that. Yeah, it's, like it's statistically have. more yeah. likely. Yeah. Um, but we have a great advantage in sports, <laughs> if we make it. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? So, uh, basically, in fencing... Um, over, I think about half the participants are actually left-handed. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then table tennis, badminton, and cricket. They said basically anything that's like, um, where you're kind of, it's like a contact sport where you're close together. Yeah, like a partner's situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, in, so for baseball, 39% of hitters and 28% of pitchers are left-handed. Um, left-handed batters have a slight advantage over right-handed batters when facing right-handed pitchers. Um, and this is because the curveball will break away from a right-handed batter, which is what the pitcher would want it to do. Um, but it'll actually move towards a left-handed batter, making it easier for them to hit the ball. Oh. I was always curious because whenever I watch football, they're like, oh, it's a lefty-lefty matchup or it's a righty-righty matchup. Like, <laughs> like a left-handed hitter they'd be like oh oh time for a pitching change and I was like why are they making such a big deal out of this but now, but now they, they know the the tricks of the trade yeah but you play sports with your right hand don't you yeah that's the thing I'm like a I'm like a not a full lefty okay no <laughs> you eat yeah. with your left hand yes okay 
Um, but like, yeah, mostly sports. I do like hockey. I'm, I'm right, right-handed with my stick. Um, and then yeah, batting I'm right, right-handed. So yeah, kind of 50, 50, I guess. Um, and 14 out of 20 of the top batting average players in MLB are lefties. Um, they said in football, it, it even affects the blocking patterns of the defense against the quarterback because they tend to um, block, you know, line up where the, the throwing hand is. But there's, it doesn't seem like there's that many lefty quarterbacks. So it might not be as big of a deal in mm. football. They're um, all playing baseball, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess baseball, fencing, more of the, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call that, but not like well, partners activity. Yeah, par partner activities. Yeah, they had another word for it, but like dual sports. Yes. So, um, and they also talked about bowling because <laughs> this is very, like, very detailed, but so the oil breaks down faster on the whatever you call it, the, the, uh, the lane. Yeah. It breaks down more faster. The more times the ball is rolled down. So left-hander, you know, it's not, the ball doesn't, the ball doesn't go on that side as much. So, um, it's, they have an advantage because they're not making adjustments based on <laughs> the amount of oil on the, <laughs> I didn't even know what the thing. Wow. Someone had a lot of time on their hands to figure that one out. Well, I mean, it sounds like they really calculate those, um, those stats. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they really have to look at like, look at everything in terms of their, what do you call it a role or their, <laughs> their yeah. shot? It seems to me like it would be very mathematical. Probably a big part of the reason why I'm terrible at it. Oh gosh, my phone. I'm sorry. You're not that phone. I will silence it right away. Yeah, um, I, I am terrible at bowling. Like, I am super bad. I feel like I'll, I'll have a good day every now and then, but yeah, usually I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, I swear, it's like, it's, you know, you're like, oh, that's going down the middle, and then all of a sudden it's like, goes straight to the gutter. Yeah. One time I even remember, like, I hit your leg <laughs> by accident. Remember that? <laughs> I felt so bad. And sometimes I'm like, I think I would have had a better chance getting a strike with my eyes closed. Like, <laughs> like maybe then it would have gone the right, <laughs> the right direction. <laughs> um, but anyway, they, I, they also found um, differences in sexuality with, uh, with left-handers. Oh, wow. So a study done in 2001, they found that children that were assigned male at birth so, you know, physically a, a male at birth had, um, were two times more likely to have a, uh, to identify as a different gender. Um, nope, I said that wrong. Life. No, I'm sorry. Children assigned male, but had a different gender identity later on were, um, more than two times likely to be left-handed. There we go. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I I put that in the wrong spot. Okay. Um, they're also more likely to have paraphilias, like um, you know, sex, like certain, like 
unusual. I talked about that during the the Ferris wheel episode. Yes, see, it's all coming together. Um, It also said they're more likely to be pedophiles. (laughs) Oh, Jenny. I know. Um, and then also more likely to be asexual. Okay. Which would go with the autism thing. Not that all, you know, not that they're all. I'm assuming that it just has a lot to do with, like you said, like using multiple parts of the brain and then being the right brained and like, these are very specific differences in human society. And then left-handers use a different part of their brain. It's interesting. It all sounds, that all sounds very genetic. Like it's just in your body chemistry. Right, right. Um, More so than behavioral or environmental. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, There, and then in terms of, make sure I was on the right spot, sorry. Um, They're also more likely to die in war um, or like when they're using weapons or other equipment because they're all designed for right-handers. Yeah, I've heard that. I think I even told you that once when we were really little and you were like, thanks. (laughs) Well, I remember, I'm pretty sure, I think it was our friend of the pod, Andrew, I feel like, gave me a left-handed calendar and it had like, I think it was a calendar. What does a left-handed calendar look like? Or no, I mean, it was like a left-handed fax calendar. Oh, okay. And I thought, like, there was a special way to, like, flip oh, the pages. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right-handers flip it this way, lefties flip it this way. <laughs> on the other side. And it said, uh, I think this is where I saw it. I, maybe, God, maybe I made all this up, you know, it's that memory. But um, it, it said that left-handers, like, live, like, seven years, like, less than right-handers. So because of accidents yeah and because like that and then someone also I remember made a really good point um that when you're driving like if if you swerve to the right you're probably just going to hit something on the curb or something or maybe another car going the same direction if you swerve to the left you're going to hit oncoming traffic yeah so like my natural see that yeah yeah, my natural inclination is like (laughs) a lot worse than although I feel like you know with that with that logic I don't think that you would swerve into an oncoming yeah. car yeah because I feel like it, it's if you've been driving long enough and have enough experience yes. like hopefully that would become like a second like a knee-jerk reaction but I guess you know if you're like new and just learning yeah um and interestingly um the, the word left in many languages has really negative connotations um really that's terrible similar to like how you know right in our language means correct as well it's the same in other languages um oh yeah right does mean correct yeah it's the same in um a lot of other languages and in latin i think the origin for left means unlucky sinister uh or unlucky and or sinister and then in french the word gauche uh, for left also means awkward and clumsy. <laughs> Interesting. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, and so, uh, like I mentioned earlier, International Left-Handed Day. I was trying to find more information about. It. There wasn't a whole lot, but um, again, it's August thirteenth. It was. I, I saw two different, two different groups got 
you know, credited for, you know, like founding the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, one said it was founded by the left-handers club <laughs> in uh, 1992. But then there was another one that was like back found founded back in the seventies, but basically the goal is to celebrate left-handed, um, left-handedness and public awareness of advantages and disadvantages. <laughs> that you've just listed for us all. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think it's more like in, in Europe that it's, well, I'm sure there's stuff down here, but some of the things they talked about that were done in Europe were, um, left, left-handed versus right-handed sports. So I guess they'd have like a left-handed baseball team versus a right-handed, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, they would have left-handed tea parties. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would have pubs where they would um, have games where you could only play with your, with your left hand. Just Okay. That would be so hard. Yeah. You know, just to just show what it's like living in a lefty world, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, um, animals also are more likely to have a dominant hand or paw. Uh, so oh, really? I did not it, know that. I know, I didn't either. Uh, kangaroos and other, uh, it said macapod marsupials. Well, they do like, all that little boxing action. Have you seen those? <laughs> they look like people. It's so weird. They like punch each other. Oh my God. I, I just like picture that in my head when you said that. And then they balance on their tail so they can kick each other. Damn. They, so they do it to each other? Yeah, uh, I'm assuming it's like a male dominancy thing. Oh, okay. You know, like they're fighting for the patriarchy, I guess. <laughs> or maybe over like a female mate, but I've definitely seen videos. It didn't come with a literal, with a good description. It just is so interesting <laughs> to look at. That's funny. <laughs> um, and then dogs, horses, and domestic cats. Um, the males are more likely to be left-handed, females more likely to be right-handed. Well, with horses, there are specific rules, like which side you approach the horse, which side oh. you mount the horse. So maybe that's why. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much all I got for her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I uh, will be thinking of you on International Left-Handed Day. Thank you. I'll be the The other 10% <laughs> of you individuals yes, um, that are out there in the world. <laughs> Hopefully now they feel slightly represented. <laughs> with like, advances and that was very good. I cannot believe I was literally, I mean, I am not exaggerating when I say that I was literally thinking about that. If not yesterday, the day before. Because um, one of my coworkers who I work very closely with is left-handed. And uh, yeah. we were like in the office and she always chooses like the, the left side to sit on, which to me makes no sense because then the phone would be on the right side and she'd have to use it like, like with her right hand. And I was like, do you want to switch? Like that way you can like write with your dominant hand, answer the phone with your dominant hand. She's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like, that's funny because my, my phone is also on the, the right. Although I think it's because I was kind of positioned that way, but I didn't feel the need to want to switch it because I think I'm just used to answering it with my right hand. And also like the mouse, like it's always been on the right. So I'm almost, 
it would almost feel weird to use it with my left hand. So in some you ways- You use like, the mouse with your right hand? Oh my gosh. That would feel so weird. Well, no, but I've been doing it my whole life because like, I guess it never occurred to me to just switch it over. Okay. Because um, <laughs> like, yeah. I can just imagine myself holding a mouse with my left hand and feeling like so weak, you know, like a little baby. Yeah. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, but I, I guess clearly you can be trained to like- Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I should, I should put it on the left hand and see what it, how it feels. <laughs> give it a good test tomorrow while you're at work. Yeah, exactly. So my, my topic is about speech and language. Oh. Um, uh, it doesn't have anything that I know of. Who knows? Maybe there is some sort of left-handed statistic out there. Um, but I'm going to play you an audio clip. Um, and of course, obviously anyone else who's listening, um, just to give you a little bit of a jazz up about what, what, what I'm, my topic is to get you a little excited. All right. I, you ready? I heard in the background when I first came on, <laughs> you ready? I hope you can hear it. I don't even know where the speaker is on this thing. I think it's over there. So I'm going to hear <laughs> So mine is all about the auctioneer's chant and like where the hell that came from and what are they actually fucking saying? <laughs> Who the hell understands it? I guess people that go in it. So my husband doesn't like to watch a whole lot of TV. He's not a big TV person, but and he when he does watch TV, he picks probably what you would expect to be the absolute last thing that you would like associate with him and his personality to watch. So of course, like fairly recently, I've, I've caught him watching Storage Wars on A&E. Oh, George loves that show. <laughs> so, for anyone who doesn't know what storage wars is, it's like, you know, a, a picture, a storage locker. And when people stop paying um, for the storage locker um, and, you know, it's essentially like paying rent on an apartment and then like, you know, or they abandon the locker, then what they do is they have to sell or get rid of the contents inside the locker. So they um, oftentimes they sell it to like an auctioneer's company and then they hold like a little auction at the storage unit. So that is the whole point of Storage Wars. And a lot of the people on that show own like thrift stores and antique shops and things like that. And they um, like, you know, just buy stuff at a flat rate or whatever with, they win the auction, the bid, and mm -hmm. then they, uh, then they like resell it and in their stores and stuff like that. And sometimes they get very lucky and they get lots of really awesome stuff. Um, but like, they're not allowed to go into the locker. They're not allowed to see what's in there. It's right. just from the outside. So it's all just pure guesswork. They're really good and, at it. They can usually, they can look, well, when they do get in, they're like, oh, this is worth $40. This is worth that. This is worth that. Yeah. I'm like, they usually do like their best guess. Yeah. Um, but the guy who is, um, 
the auctioneer for that show um, is the one that uh, really inspired me. I think his name is, it's Dan Dotson. And then he has a, he has this really chipper wife who's like super like upbeat and she doesn't do like the auctioneering, but she like, I guess writes everything down and she's like his assistant. And he apparently has been auctioneering for like since the seventies. So that inspired my topic today um, because I, um, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I grew up on the farm and I went to many, a interesting, you know, like, you know, tractor pull livestock situation moments with my father and livestock auctions are like a big thing with this particular type of auctioneering. Um, that's like probably one of the most popular ways to hear an auctioneer use this chant is you is literally auctioning off livestock um so the auction chant also known as bid calling or the auction cry or the cattle rattle <laughs> probably because of what i said like the livestock is just such a prevalent way of of having these auctions and auctioneers it, so that chant is a rhythmic repetition of numbers and then what they call filler words. And it's spoken by auctioneers when taking bids at an official auction. And this is like a really a thing in like North America, like so you, the United States essentially, I don't know about Canada, but um, it's not really this type of, of the, I can't even, I can't even attempt to do this. Um, it's not really common in other countries. Yeah. So my biggest question is like, what are they actually saying? Because to me, it literally sounds like blah, 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 Like that's what it sounds like to me. I can't discern anything that they're saying. So the chant consists of three things. Uh, so numbers, two different numbers, and then filler words. So they oh, really? say the current price of the item first. So like, $50, $50, $50, you know, and then the second number is the asking price. Like, do I hear 75, 50, 75, 50, 75. So they say like the current price first, then they say the asking price um, second. Oh, um, like what people are bidding? Or yeah. The next, and it like, should be done in that order to make sense for them. Yeah. And then the last thing that they do is to keep the audience engaged they do the, the filler words. So the auctioneer says these words to tie everything together and to make it like smooth and rhythmic, like a song. And they oh. slur the filler words on purpose to make like a multi-part filler word phrase. And this is like the key element that, um, to the way that they talk and it gives it the illusion that they're talking even faster than they already are. Cause they are talking very fast but the way they slur it and put it together makes it sound even faster. So the speed and like, why would, what's the point? Like, can't you just do this and talk somewhat, somewhat like a little bit slower? So the whole point <laughs> like to do this is to ramp up the excitement, to keep people engaged. And like, it creates a little bit of a bidding anxiety in the crowd. So they get like a sense of urgency like that they have to bid because of the speed in which they're talking. And I uh, had no idea, but there are a S ton of how-to videos 
on really? YouTube, uh, learning how to like do your bid calling. And there are a whole bunch of them. So, and then I saw this video done by Vice, like they, every now and again, it'll like show up on my Facebook feed. They do like different topics. And, um, they were talking about like the filler words and it, there's no set filler word. It can be anything. So a lot of times they'll say things like bid. The one guy said that he says now, here, where, and there. A lot of them say like, um, like, like, like can I get a bid? Are you going to bid? Bid. And then dollar. And so they just keep saying like, you know, like 50 bid, bid, dollar, 75, 50 bid, bid, dollar, 75. And then they just keep doing it over and over again. And like the bid, da, da, dollar, bid, dollar, bid, da, 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 is like the filler word. And they just like mush it together. And a lot of times, like I was like really trying to listen and you'll just see yeah. it. And all they're saying is like here, or now, or come on now, or bid now, or dollar now. So they are saying the number though every time, right? Yes. Because it's yes. still really fast. Even and then they repeat the filler word a lot. Um, so, um, and so it's supposed, this is supposed to really influence people bidding into a sense of urgency. Um, mm -hmm. And it's supposed to kind of hypnotize them essentially um, and entice them to want to bid during the auction. And I guess it works. Um, they say that auctioneers typically develop their own style, which would make sense according to like the Vice video that I saw because they each pick their own filler words. Um, yeah. And they, there's no set version that you need to use. Um, and this is something that shocked me. Um, they have competitions um, and they are judged on their ability to auctioneer and uh they I, I there are there's literal world championship for auctioneering oh my god I, the, vice video, <laughs> the vice video that i saw um was the was i believe it was the national it might have been the world um it was either national or world championship um and it was like in like I think it was like Wisconsin and it was for specifically just livestock auctioneers. So everyone had a cowboy hat on. And the thing that really surprised me is there is an interview portion to the competition, just like Miss America. Like they are like asked serious questions. Like, what do you think is the biggest struggle that's facing the cattle industry right now or the livestock oh. industry? And they have to like give like good answers. So it's not just based on their auctioneering skill. Um, so then they're, um, so I guess they're judged on their speed. And then they're also judged on their ability to like notice when someone has bid. Like, cause you know, sometimes all they do is like nod. Like the people who are bidding for the item or the cow or cattle or whatever it happens to be. Like some, sometimes they're like, they raise their hand. Sometimes they have a paddle. Sometimes they say something. Sometimes they just nod. There's this guy on Storage Wars who like wears a t-shirt that says this and a hat. And he even put it on the front of his car. And it's, it says, yup. Because he does that every time. He's like, yup. Yup. That's his go-to, like how he bids. Now, now is there also a swimsuit um, competition in this? <laughs> I know, right? With the cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> Look at my bear belly. 
I just, I was super surprised by the interview portion. So these competitions crown the regional and world champion auctioneers based on their chance. And like I saw the speed and their ability to pick up the bids or like notice the, the, the bids. Um, and, and there's mainly there's, there's very common with the livestock and then auto auctioneering industry. Um, so there is also a national auctioneers association. So you can like be a member, um, as well as like state specific ones too. Um, and those places also hold like the, the bid calling competitions. Uh, so the, the national auctioneers association tried to like, I want to know like, where does this come from? Because this super specific it's specific to North America, like where did that come from? So the National Auctioneers Association tried to investigate really the history of that cadence of the auctioneers chant and they couldn't really come up with anything conclusive. I tried to, to research it as well to see if I could find like a different source and I just couldn't find it. The, the closest thing I found was they had discovered um, public auctions in the United States have been going around since before we were in the United States. So like before the 1700s, um, but they really became more prevalent and more popular during the civil war mm. and military officers um, would unload seized property and then they would sell it at auction to the highest bidder. Um, and that's why today some auctioneers sometimes like they, they're called the title, the, of colonel because of that whole like you know history the auctioneers uh so they or say auctioneer. that huh is it auctioner or auctioneer i would say auctioneer okay they're auctioneer. the they're the colonels okay. um but it was theorized that you know in the mid 1800s possibly tobacco auctioneers might have um, been the real cause for the specific cadence and the specific chant. Um, but that was like, a, that's like the closest that they were able to come up with like a real reason for the way that it sounded. Um, it was illegal, you're trying to like do it fast? I mean, like it's just trying, I, I, the, the speed makes sense to me when they say like it hypnotizes them, it engages them, it, it, it Cause like when you're listening, you're like, whoa, what is that? God, my phone again. They're like, cause I turned on, I turned on the volume so, you, so I could play the, the sound for you. And then, um, of course someone texts me right then. And no one texts me all day. <laughs> I know. Never like the alerts about the thunderstorms. That was the first text. Um, I have no friends. They're the only ones that text me. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I've totally lost my train of thought, but essentially that was that was it. Like when you're watching no. them, you're just so like enthralled in what they're saying. You're like, I need to know what they're saying. It sounds like gibberish. Uh, so I guess they're just really trying to hypnotize the audience essentially. And then that urgency, that anxiety, so that like the bid calling doesn't go on forever. They okay. do it super fast. But then I thought like, what about luxury auctions like Christie's or Sotheby's and stuff like that and they have live streams of that stuff like Christie's it's um it's like an auction house I think it's in New York they sell like essentially imagine like 
very famous, well-known artists like Monet, Picasso, Van Gogh, like paintings, furniture, antiques, like things that are like millions of dollars. Um, and Sotheby's is, is very similar. And then there's other places that are similar to that, but that Christie's is probably one of the most famous ones. And I thought like, these are like high end. And I was unaware of the live streams. I don't know why anyone would need to watch a live stream of that, but. Um, <laughs> well, maybe if they're working for their, you know, competition. Maybe, they but they don't, those people do not do the filler words. Oh. They just do the numbers and they don't do it real fast like that. They, they say like, you know, like, one million, one million. And a lot of them are like, the one I was watching, he had like an accent. He's like, one million, one million. And do I hear 125, 125, okay, 125. Do I hear 150, 150 million, 150 million. So like, that's like what they would do. Um, so it's still kind of sped up a little bit more the natural conversation, but it's not like, like in the livestock or auto industry auctioneering. Um, so it's very specific, you know, to like storage wars and, <laughs> and, and livestock and auto and stuff like that, essentially. Um, and that was so weird. I watched like maybe two minutes of the live stream of like, I watched both a Sother Sotheby's one and a Christie's one. It's wow. super interesting because they're like, it almost like felt like the Hunger Games. They're like in these like big booths and they're all on the phone because you know, they're being paid to, uh, to bid almost like Elaine in Seinfeld where she had to, <laughs> she was being paid by her really rich boss at the time to bid on like Kennedy's golf clubs or something. Yeah. And um, so these people, like it's not their money. They're doing it for like whoever, um okay work for and they're probably like people who like know a lot about art and things like that and um and they're like on the phone and they're like what? yeah yeah okay and they're like holding up their hand and like talking on the phone it's like, so strange it was just very strange um i just can't imagine spending a million dollars on anything but because uh, <laughs> i don't have any i don't have a million dollars but yeah so two sides to the auctioneering world there but yeah, um very, very divided in between upper class and lower class absolutely there's a definite difference in the style of the way they auctioneer for yeah. sure i mean a, a cow's not cheap but um by any means and the guy was saying like this these livestock auctions are really important because like they only sell their cattle once a year so like this is like their whole year's salary essentially in this auction. So they need, it's a very important moment for them. So they need it to go well. So, you know, um, the auction, it was a really kind of interesting video. And he was saying like, that you know, that they have to make sure that they do well for them and, you know, cause it's so important, but that was my topic. Very interesting. That was, it. It was inspired by storage wars. Yeah, that's, I never knew, like, they used filler words and stuff. That's so weird. And that they had competitions. <laughs> yeah, and national associations as well. I mean, I guess if, if left-handers can have a day, then... I know. I bet you there's a National Auctioneer's Day, too, so on some calendar somewhere. Probably. <clears throat> but that was, that was pretty much it. So, uh, 
you know how much they get paid? Probably not. They are, a lot of them own their own businesses. So like the guy on um, the Annie showed storage wars, he owns his own business. So he has auctioneers that work for him. Oh, anytime someone needs an auctioneer, you know, they can call him up almost like, like if you would need like a freelance translator, I would think it's kind of similar. And then I found that there are, uh, schools and that was quite interesting. I found some very interesting videos of that. And it's like all dudes in this like giant room. And then they're like using their left hand and then they're using their right hand. Like 50, 50, 75, 75, 50, 50, you know, (laughs) and then they're all just standing there shouting the same words. And it was really interesting. Was it all men in the competitions? I didn't see a single woman on any of the videos that I did or any of the research, but I'm sure that there are female auctioneers out there. I'm just, I have a feeling that like, glass ceiling. (laughs) I have a feeling like the stick, like, you know, like just statistically, you know, it having to do with livestock and cows most prevalently that there's probably a lot more men than women um, just because of those gender norms. Yeah, but you know what us ladies need to push through you know you got the you got the livestock stuff going so i think it's 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 your your journey oh it's 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 mine for the taking yes <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> but that was it yeah so um i will post some stuff on instagram and you can find our pictures on um this is the part i don't get um, on Instagram. If you see something like storage wars or happen to be left-handed or right-handed and you want to add in stuff (laughs) or questions, then feel free to email us. Please email us because I think it's just so much more interesting when we get third-party ideas. I would say that your and my ideas, I am quite proud at the variety of topics that we've covered over in the last year and a half. I, I think that it's so broad it's it just blows my mind how you and I have been able to think of different stuff <laughs> you know, know like, many sometimes you get sometimes things like touch on each other but like and there's, I, I like it when that happens though. I do too and sometimes there's like some similarities but it is such a broad range so um but I so I think that there's definitely a good range of topics but at the same time I just I think it's so interesting to hear what other people are thinking about yeah, like, like oh this is what you did tonight <laughs> you probably know the answer and it's a two-minute google away just email us and then we'll tell you <laughs> and maybe we'll give you a different answer and you can compare um but our email is the part i don't get at gmail.com and then of course jay you will post stuff on facebook and sure and on facebook it's this is the part i don't get yes All right, so we will stay tuned for another Thursday night. See you later. Bye.